What's everybody? Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm Sarah the Rebel. And I'm Misfits Tamara. <laughs> and this is Women Wrestling Friends Podcast. So, good, good. We're doing everything live and without an agenda in front of me. And I said, you know, it's going to be perfect. And I immediately botched the first words of our reintroduction after six months being gone. Hallelujah. Listen, Going you know, on. this is that hot, beautiful, off-the-cuff content that you guys come to love for us, from us. So, you know, and I'm coming off of a cold, so I have so much residual medicine in my system that I literally have no idea what I'm saying right now. It's funny. I think we had colds last time yes. as well, but it's been half a year, so it's okay. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's just carryover. I think the universe was like, hey... Let's get real familiar with you guys and, and remember. I still have the picture of uh, Jake. Shout out to Jake sitting across from me and the just myriad of of help that he put in front of us. Just like mm-hmm. cough drops and tea and uh, tissues and a bag for our dirty tissues so we're not just leaving them all over the place like monsters. Yeah, Jake's a professional, guys. Dragon Wagon Radio, shout out to them. Yes, motherfucking uh, so anyway, professionals. We have a special guest. Please welcome Sierra. Oh, sorry. Hey, mm. <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. I am so <laughs> prepared and used to that. Okay. I was going to start doing a Sierra song, but then I was like, I don't know if that's annoying to you because we didn't clear that before we went on air. So I didn't do it. Actually, the type of stuff nowadays does not bother me. But when I was like 14 and she first came out, mm. I had like the 50 million Sierra jokes. And I was just like, I hate all of you. You know? Yeah, but now it's level up and we're about it. In the time yeah. of Sarah Palin. Mm. 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 The dark days. Anyway, yes. uh, so Sierra is a fellow wrestling fan. She's done some podcasting and writing herself. So we have a lot in common with Sierra, but hopefully not all of our opinions so we can have good, juicy fights about today's topic, which is the state of women's wrestling on television. Mm-hmm. Juicy, that juicy, juicy content. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we say it at the same time? I don't know. Uh, we- <laughs> All right, so first, of course, as always, if you're brand new to the podcast, uh, we are women, we are friends, we like to talk about wrestling with other women who are friends, uh, mostly in an effort to show everyone that, hey, women fans have been here for decades, we have a good time, let's give you some more insight into how we feel about wrestling, because we hear from a lot of y'all about how y'all feel about wrestling Mm -hmm. all the time. All the time. Uh, First off, we usually like to (laughs) get to know our guests a little bit before diving into our main topic. So it's time to get to know Sierra. Sierra, when did you first fall in love with wrestling? I was about eight years old and I had came accustomed to seeing like my brother watch wrestling and stuff like that. And I would recognize like, you know, Randy Savage. Cause I mean, he's super colorful and vibrant. And, like, how can you miss him? Like <laughs> you, you see him, you're just like, Oh, it's that guy. So that was like my first kind of introduction, but when I was like eight, I happened to be going through channels and Monday Night Raw was one. Mm-hmm. And this blonde woman comes out there in a tight catsuit. And I'm like, who is she? <laughs> what is she doing? And why is she yelling at these muscular men? And I don't understand what's going on. And it was Sable. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know this woman, but I want to be like that <laughs> when I get an order. Just come out here in my highest of heels and yell at everybody. And that was around, I want to say, 
right before her uh, feud with Jacqueline kicked off. So it was like right after that, I was introduced to Jacqueline and I was just like, oh my God, it's a black woman wrestling. And (laughs) I, it was like, no more. She won the women's championship on my birthday. And so like, I got to watch all of that. And then after that, I just became really psycho about wrestling, but mainly women's wrestling. And I drove my mom crazy. <laughs> I drove my family crazy. And for years, I would collect magazines. I used to keep like little uh, notebooks where I would write about like different storylines that were going on TV. <gasps> wait, and wait, wait. Is, wait, were you were you recapping them to yourself, or were you like writing new storylines? Writing new ones. <sighs> So good. And then if it was like something going on TV that I liked, I would expand on it, like how I would like how it to go. And just like I was just really into it. And, you know, for the longest time, I was just like, uh, maybe it's just like an interest I have. But over the years from eight on through my teenage years, I started noticing how I got into a point where at one point I actually sent out like, um, letters to different wrestling schools because hmm. I was going to train. I was adamant and um, I got so much information about how much I need to pay for training and what I need to do and all this stuff. I was like completely immersed in it. And, you know, I just fell in love with it and I couldn't get past it. I did. You- That's so interesting because it's so similar to my story except for the role play part did you know that there was an online like community that just uh like fantasy booked on like aim and stuff like that and on website no here's the crazy thing i did not have internet access until i was like a teenager like the only time i had internet access was in my school mm, and you're that young person that used to be our lives yeah so <laughs> When I was at home, I just had a notebook and paper and I would collect magazines. And then like, I used to get really spoiled when they would do the women of wrestling magazines and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, they have a women's magazine. So I would keep them and treasure them. But like the other wrestling magazines, I would rip them to shreds and didn't care. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's dudes, whatever. Yeah. You got to get your, your, your tear out of the women that you, you like the most. That's the whole point of it. Right. Right. And I also think it's interesting that it's um, another thing that's very sim- similar to a lot of people I know and us is uh, women in great dope ass cat suits and like mm-hmm. really buff chicks. Like those two things like are two of my favorite things. Like cat suits are amazing <laughs> and I can't wear them because my torso is too long. And um, I, don't know, I don't know why I shared that because that doesn't really matter. But yeah. And <laughs> cat suits uh and then also like super buff chicks like i in college in my like when i had an apartment that had a kitchen i just would have like like linda hamilton from t2 and like sorority revert just like a bunch of like badass chicks mm-hmm. on my 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 wall so if there were any pictures of china i would have had her on there but you know and speaking of china which is so crazy you know i don't speak much of china a lot of people close to me understand why, because it's a sensitive subject for me. When I was 12 and we had a book report and, you know, in school you had to read a book and you had to tell your classmates about what the book was about and all that stuff, which I hated. Mm. Every book report I had in middle school, I did it on wrestling. And the first one I did was China. And I'm in a class with a whole bunch of preppy girls that wear skirts and 
they like everything girly. And then I have a whole bunch of dudes that were just completely male chauvinists. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I get up there, all of them are going up there talking about, you know, books like Little House on the Prairie or whatever the heck. And I get up there and I'm just like, well, I'm here to talk about Joni Lore. <laughs> <laughs> and this is and this is who she is. And don't mistake her muscles or say that she's a man because she's not a man. That's a full woman. And she's inspired me to not be, you know, ashamed of my body because I was a heavy set girl, mm-hmm. you know, in school. She made me feel like I should never question how I look or let anybody else make me feel like I'm inferior. I'm able to do whatever I want. So I always, yeah, she gave me that power as a 12 year old. And I held on to that. Cause I was just like, yeah, she might be playing a super strong woman on television. And then of course, when you read her book, you realize how vulnerable she is, but that's every human being. Mm-hmm. We all are vulnerable to a fault, you know? So to me, a little child reading that and then realizing like, Hey, this woman is so human and she's like me. That really helped me. Absolutely. I mean, China is my hero. I've said many times that she's what flipping through the channels, just like you, but I saw China and and that's what got me into wrestling. So that's definitely a beautiful thing. And I love that now more than ever, there's so many more wrestling books for kids to do those book reports on. So that's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Um, and, I, and I appreciate the boldness of you as like a 12 year old being like, fuck your books. I'm doing my own. And yeah, yeah I'm, I stand. It's great. Um, so uh, we have a lot of different wrestling promotions now, uh, a lot more access to it than we used to. So what is your favorite promotion right now? Hmm. You know, what? I have to say, wow, right now, like I love a lot of promotions, but for me, wow, is like the alternate universe that I've been wanting for like, years Mm -hmm. you know yes we have our shimmers we have you know our wsus we have a lot of women's promotions that provide great wrestling but for me it's like i've been wanting to see that on television you know Uh, like mm -hmm. just the different dynamics the the theatrics everything this makes me feel so good to hear because that's literally exactly how I feel about WoW, but it sounds like I'm just saying that because I'm a part of WoW, so I'm really happy to hear you say it because no one can accuse you of being paid to say that. It's it's exactly what you said. These are the kind of stories that we could only have dreamt of when we were kids, and they're on TV right now. I totally agree with you. I as well. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be as va- as neutral as I can because I am I also enjoy it but I'm also biased in a lot of ways so it's it's separate like it's parallel and um, we can talk about it more further yes, on because it is right. on TV so it is one of the ones we're gonna talk yeah we're gonna get to that in a second so I'm you know brief and all that stuff so um and who are who is your favorite wrestler of all time and who well I'm assuming it's China but I'll let you answer it and then who is your favorite wrestler right now my favorite of all time is Akira Hoka too oh. Yes. Um, Akira Hokuto, the first time I seen her was in one of those magazines about women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it was like the first page was like Tori Wilson. And I love Tori Wilson. And I was just like, oh, Tori Wilson, next page. I'm like, who is this lady? <laughs> who is this? And once I got into like the internet access and I really like dived into like Joshi wrestling. And I was just like, holy crap, she's like an innovator. And all of these things. And I'm every time I watch match at first, I'm just like, Oh, you're so good. Akira. Like, you know, uh, currently I said this a while ago, Tessa Blanchard. Mm. 
you know, a couple of years ago when I came across her, I was like, she's going to be really good. But I was like, I don't know if there will ever be a time where I say she's my favorite. But man, it's something about her. Like, no matter where she's working, she is able to turn it on. And when she turns it on, you're just like, holy crap, like, who is this? And you can't help but pay attention to her no matter what the promotion it is. Um, we just went to, I'm sorry, Sarah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I really like this because those are two answers we've never heard on the show before. So that was very exciting to me, but go ahead tomorrow. I was just going to say that like for that turning it on thing, that's definitely true. Uh, I was at bar wrestling not too long ago, like two weeks ago, last week. I don't know. Time flies last week. I don't know. I'm t- I cannot stress to you how much cold mes- medicine I had last week. I had it avoid so for two weeks while the rest of us have been, you know, like, just on this. Time yeah, plane. living in normal time. And I have no idea what kind of weird space fuckery I was doing while everyone else was on this plane. Um, but so Tessa was on that on that show. And so they had the the break for, you know, you know, food and all that kind of stuff. And they I don't know if they actually announced when when the matches were starting again or if a bunch of people dipped out. But it was like maybe half the audience that should have been there when they when they did the one women's match on the card but it didn't face her at all she they they both put on a great show i can't remember the name of the woman she was wrestling because i, I think was, it was miranda i think it was a miranda alizé if yes, i remember it was miranda alizé she was really good too she did this really cool like roll forward into like a drop kick in the corner it was great um, yeah, I've seen her in Japan, I think, if she's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, but she, you know, had that that same energy for, you know, when I went to WoW tapings and it was a big show or, you know, Impact Pay-Per-View. She keeps it real high. And I, I appreciate that sort of uh, work ethic. So um, now that we've had our Get to Know You segment, we're going to get right into the topic. Main topic. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it is the state of women's wrestling on TV, as we mentioned before. So we're going to run down. There are about five of them right now. We'll see if, if <laughs> assuming we don't uh, get so, so mad at WWE that we eat up all the time. That we um, just dive into that the whole time. Yeah, yeah. just like, um, you motherfuckers. I, <laughs> you, you raggedy bitch. Um, <laughs> the, uh, we did add um, Impact and NWA Power are on this list, even though I, I don't think either of them are, are on real television, or if they are, I don't know how to watch them that way. Last time I checked, Impact was on, like, Pop TV or something like okay. that. Access? Is and it on it, Access now? Okay. I'm yeah, getting, Jake is telling now. me it's on Access now, but the last time I oh, looked... Oh, yeah, that's right. Pop. They're on the same one as well now. Okay, 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 okay. good. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so, yeah, so technically everything but NWA Power, but I'm including NWA Power because they're brand new and they're being talked about right now, and I want to talk about them. Yeah, so we'll we'll go. We're gonna go top to bottom. We're gonna start out with the hottest thing going on right now, which is AE Dub. AE Dub. So um, a thing that Sarah noticed, and I also noticed, is that um, there's only one women's match per show right now, and um, I don't see how that's particularly revolutionary. (laughs) (laughs) Just one, just the one. It's not very revolutionary, I don't think. Um, no, I. Sarah, any thoughts on that on uh, AEW or the women's division? You know what? I turned AEW on and I just watched the women's portion because, like, it, it's no disrespect to the guys. It's just like it's just so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, yeah. like, I mean, like, I can watch so many good matches from the guys, especially when they have certain guys on there. I'm just like, oh, of course they're gonna have a good match. Like, 
duh, you know, like I want to see what the women are doing because I mean, that's my main interest. I don't care. Yeah. So when I turn it on and I'm just like, oh, they're, they're claiming they're going to have this revolutionary women's division and it's, I see one match and I'm just like, okay, so where do we go after this? And it, it's, it's great to see that they're kind of having, I guess you would consider it diversity with the Joshis and American talent. I mean, I don't know. Cause it, to me, it just feels like they're kind of like, Oh, we, we got Joshis mm-hmm. bring them here. And then we got a lot of American talent that is just, you know, we're just going to bring them here. Cause we're friends with them. And it's just like, everybody's pushed together. It's no cohesion. If you get what I'm saying, it's just like mm-hmm. a lot of just like, get in there. And, it, it just feels doesn't like feel like versus yeah. Yes, it feels like it's a they're doing it to please a certain group of fans, as opposed to doing it because they actually want to do it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. I there's there's part of that to me, and I also kind of think that they don't know what's going to work yet, so they're just throwing a lot in. You know, mm-hmm. like the first couple pay per views were just like. You know, they each had one like massive kind of, uh, 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 what do they call it? Um, their battle royale has like a different name because they come out to cards and it's like, oh, who's got the Joker or the Ace or whatever the oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, they had that casino thing. Yeah, thing. So yeah. they both had one of those where they had m- a bunch of wrestlers that they weren't going to use in any way. And they everyone got like a 30 second spot and got, you know, thrown out or whatever. Um, so there's a bit of equality in that because it's not like those 30 dudes are going to be doing anything anyway. Um but yeah, like I will say that they have some wrestlers on their roster that would never make it to the WWE's main. Like Sunny Kiss, they would never let Sunny Kiss onto like SmackDown or Raw. They never would. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say they probably wouldn't for Nyla either. I agree. Just because yeah. of you know their their own biases and their fear that they might get some angry letters from some mom in Texas who heard from another mom that this was going on. Yeah. On right. And like, they barely used Naya as it was. And like, Naya is like the hottest monster you've ever seen. Well, except for the beast beast real hot too. But like, you know what I mean? Like, like there's, it there's very hot. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> you know, but it's just kind of like, it's, it's there. I, I do feel like they're trying to figure out a thing. And I do think they're succeeding more at the throwback feel than, WWE is doing right now because they just basically got a bunch of dudes from the 90s doing the same shit they were doing in the 90s that didn't age well when it was happening at the point and is aging even worse now but we'll get to that in a second um yeah we even though it ain't on the list we're talking about it later we gotta do it it oh yeah I saw that um (laughs) but I will say this one thing even though we've barely seen any of the women and they have got a lot of great women that we haven't seen on the broadcast yet uh Brandy be taking them bumps and I gotta I gotta give a shout out to her because she was sitting there in some kitten heels and a really yeah real nice dress got got her ass knocked right the fuck into a a barrier and it's not even the nice padded barriers it's like the old school like railings with just like some fabric over it and knocked the knocked the shit out of her head and then she got up and did the rest of the thing so you know what respect Mm -hmm. I think your love for Brandy is blinding you to AEW's faults, which I'm going to list right now. Oh, no, there's faults. AEW is doing the exact same thing WWE does. It's really showcasing its mostly white stars. Mm -hmm. And it's showing it has just enough diversity that you can't quite complain, but it's still only doing one women's match per show. And to me, that is unacceptable in 2019 for any show to do, period. Yeah, for sure. 
they're, they're not even I'm doing not, the one per hour like, like WWE right. used to do, like or is doing currently. Theoretically, just literally, just get you get one, yeah. and you there's no storyline, there's no thought put into what's happening other than Britt Baker is angry at somebody, is angry at dentist. Okay, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that you at least gave her motivation. She can pull your teeth <laughs> legally. She and she will. And then, uh, and to- Make matters worse. Commentary is just a when it comes to the women's matches. Like I've always criticized Jim Ross's commentary when it comes to women back when he was with WWE. Like, because he would just say the same things over and over. And then you have King next to him saying something just completely gross. King be wild about wild. Yeah. Still wild. They brought him back and he's still wild out. And, and it's like, you can't, have this progression and tell me all these things are changing for the women. And then you have this whole entire sport and you have all these other promotions getting on the bandwagon and also making these changes. Or you have promoters that are already woke and see, Hey, this is a freaking problem. Let's clean this crap up. And then you have Jim Ross coming there and just be like, well, you know, uh, Britt Baker's Dennis, you know, (laughs) and then brings up a million times how, how Nyla is way bigger than any woman on the roster and it's just like why do you have to constantly point that out when we can see that it's valid like you know and also isn't bull and um fucking kong on the roster too i don't think she's bigger than them i don't even know if they're actually like signed signed. Mm. that's the thing when everything happened everyone's like oh crap jazz is going to AEW. oh mercedes martinez is finally going to AEW. blah 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 but like instead what I don't know if it's because contract negotiations have kind of ruined whatever their plan was for the women's division or this is really just what it is. And I kind of like, so what I real quick, I'm I'm just going to say this last thing about AEW before we move on, because we have given it a lot of time. I kind of don't know if if I trust Brandy 100% to have the women's best interest in heart Mm. Um, just because of her path through wrestling was not, very similar to the average indie wrestler's path in wrestling. Mm. And it may make her think that things are a certain way that they're not, or make her prioritize certain things that aren't really a priority. So I don't know. She still has to prove, I can't just be like, Oh, we have an ally on the inside and just trust her. She, she has to prove, you know, that she really has our back. I agree. And I, and I also, but I also think that there is a certain amount of figuring this out for TV. And I think that everybody Everybody who has a major broadcast deal right now that's not like buried in the cable network, not buried, but you know what I mean? It's like a prominent quote unquote station is doing the same thing right now where they're doing this weird 90s, early 2000s loop back. And they're not like looking at what they're confused in a way because they want to have the new fans, but they are are so terrified of losing the old ones that they don't understand by like getting rid of that shitty shit that they like. They'll have way more new fans, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's almost like a place we used to work, Sarah, where they just kind of won't evolve and look at the positives of trying something new and instead, uh, (laughs) just saying, Hey, everybody with things that have boxes and loot in it. Um, anyway, we're moving on to WWE. Oh, one last shout out is to the referee, Aubrey Edwards, because they actually have been using her a lot and putting her in like major matches as opposed to like some other people who either don't have women refs at all or would only put them in like quick matches. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're doing great. All right. We're going to rip this bandaid off and try and go as fast as we can through the WWE because I know we have many grievances. Many, many. It's, it's 
we start with you because we just talked to Budge. How do you feel about the state of the women's division on WWE? Um, the women's division is... I don't even know where to begin. It's <laughs> so much. Like, every time I watch a program, I'm just like, this is a lot. You know, like, this is too much. And you would think that I would be like, oh, my God, spoil me. But at this point in my life, I'm just like, I love seeing the women. But what are we actually doing with the women? It's like, it's like, imagine, like, when they have their battle royals for the women that we all hate. Because they used to do them a million times during the week. But it's mm-hmm. like, the battle royale is just all over the television. It has no reason for going on. They're signing... Every woman that exists. Just so AEW can't get them. Just so they can't get them. No one else can even think about signing them. And it's great. I like to see a lot of these people get employed. A lot of these people are my friends. But it's just like when I see it, I get so nervous because I'm like, so when they do decide to use you, where are you going to fit in alongside the other women? You know, right. look at Ember Moon. She, mm-hmm. you know, from her run on the Indies, you would think Ember would be like a top person at the company when she got to. Uh, I think she came to Raw first, if I remember correctly. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I think but, it was Raw like, first, yeah. But she's just been jobbed out over and over and over again. To Mandy Rose, in. of all people. It's just, she's been jobbed out to so many people by now. It was like with Ruby Riot, where I'm like, um, Okay, yeah, you just one of the greatest indie wrestlers. We're just gonna talk a bunch of shit about her and then beat her. Like how? Anyway, still bad about it. Um, the stuff with the four horsewomen, on the other hand, is interesting. I mean, Bailey had a heel turn finally. Mm-hmm. I've, I, her outfit looks like something I would design in a, a video game, so I'm into it. Her hair looks like her real name. I think it's Pam. <laughs> she would like to talk to your manager. Um, she looks like she was ready to talk to somebody's manager when she came out there. I was just like, she girl. She's like, I did. Okay, so I didn't order the pink and yellow <laughs> wavy men. I wanted them to be all black. Um, I don't know if your manager is not on. I will wait for the number of the night manager and I'll talk to them. I like that whole thing. Um, but, you know, I actually appreciate the heel turn. I've, I like the little smirk in her face. And I'm sure this is all leading to a horsewoman v. horsewoman later. Which, I mean... <clears throat> NXT has pretty been using their women pretty well. Um, they still, they've only been on uh, USA for a couple of weeks now. Um, they're still not having a ton of women matches on it, but they are giving them an Apple amount of time. Well, at least when they're on, like they're not mm-hmm. relegating them to like three minute matches. And it feels like a lot of stuff is happening into it. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, just why won't you just have a women's show? Like, I just don't understand why you won't have an hour long women's show other than the right. fact that you guys fucking suck. Right. Well, and also if you, if you only have a women's show, you can't do um, cuck storylines. So we'll talk about that in a second too. Right, right. True. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really like Bianca Belair did a post recently that I really like, And in it, she said, people keep saying, um, you know, that she's really good for where she is, right? Like mm. she's, she's been in here for three years and, and she's 
getting she's going to be really great one day that's kind of what people keep saying about her and she's just expressing her anger and she's like okay yeah sure i didn't come through the indie scene like you know a bunch of other women did but i'm three years in and i'm this good like give me my props Mm -hmm. i am good and yes maybe they'll be even greater but like i am great right now and uh i just i think she's right and i I think people look at why they don't think that about her (laughs) because she's black Oh, sorry. That could be possibly be an issue. But it also goes back to you have a lot of fans with their own bias that if you don't come from the indies, they still hold that, you know, natural grudge against you. Like, I don't want to admit that you're good or you're better than so-and-so that came off the indies. And it's like, it's nothing wrong with acknowledging that somebody is skilled or somebody that didn't come from a similar background is, you know, attained this much, you know, skill in the ring. And Mm -hmm. you're just like, wow, they're blowing me away. It's nothing wrong with saying she's good or she's better than so-and-so. It's like, give her her proper props and it's also interesting because a lot of people who (laughs) a lot of people who say she's not great or whatever and then you look at like i don't do it very often because they're all garbage people i don't want to look at their feeds but sometimes i'll flip through somebody who's talking shit and look at who they who they love and i'm like do you think they're better than her and it's like no disrespect but like just from like a like a basic emotionless you know evaluation of where certain people are at certain times i'm like they're not better than she is They'll be like Lacey fans talking shit. And I'm like, mm, mm. now that's something you need to get on. <laughs> uh, I have, I, I didn't write Lacey, uh, her name down. I called her blackface McSexist. And I just want everybody <laughs> to know that because you can't see your notes. Um, and also, I mean, it took them, what, two years to finally give Asuka s- something to do that wasn't being um, jobbed out. So I like that they have, that she's got the tag titles with Kyrie. Um if they end up giving it to I, like, I, I really do love Natty. I've always been a Nat, Natty fan. And the fact that they're tagged, had her with a tag team with blackface and sexist makes me upset. Hey, and it makes me upset too because weren't they just fighting? Yes. Literally a week ago where they were it's just a strange fighting. bedfellows thing. It's, mm, it's I don't like it. I don't like Throw it. Her out I don't, I don't <laughs> like it either because honestly I'm at this point in, just as a fan, I am so tired of seeing Natalia put in the same position. If she's not being betrayed by a friend, she's mm-hmm. in some weird fisticuff situation with a female that she should not even have a conversation with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, I shouldn't have to see her in the same realm as Lacey. And it's nothing against Lacey. It's just that when you think about how long Natalia's been there and what she's potentially capable of doing, I should not see her feuding with her. Mm -hmm. I should see her stepping up to Sasha Banks, who's came back or going after heel Bailey and being like, Hey, what the heck is wrong with you? You need to humble yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like I'm hitchy. The legend that she technically is, but they don't betray her as. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing when Mickey James, before she got injured, they kind of had her doing the same thing. And I'm just like, these women are capable of doing so much with these women that are younger than them or anything like, but you're still putting them in these weird positions and spots that doesn't make sense or is actually catering to their longevity anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not. And I think their, their thought process is, Oh, use the, the vet to help 
make the um, the newer ones better, use the vet to help kind of be the ringleader, use the vet to put the new wrestlers over. But unfortunately, with the male wrestlers, they aren't just using the vets like that. They're also elevating the vets. I mean, look at right. what Randy Orton is getting to do. So you can't turn around and tell me that that's the reason why Mickey James and Natalia are being treated this way because you don't treat your male vets that way. So, it's, you know, <laughs> like... We could see through you, WWE. And and if we're talking about like legendary like status, uh, Natty comes from a much higher family than Randy Orton does. Just and because mm-hmm. just because his dad came back and helped him when he first started doesn't mean that Nat like Natty's what the only woman who's uh, graduated from the dungeon. Yes. So yeah. you know, put some respect on her name is what I'm saying. Respect on her name. With a um, K in this. Respect. All right, what's our next Okay. Uh, wow. Since we started talking about wow before. Um, wow. If you guys are um, not aware and living under a rock and have not seen the best all women show on television right now is an all women show. And um, I am, I can't speak highly enough about it. I've gone to a couple of the, the tapings and I'm always impressed by what I see and the people who started out last year who were, you know, maybe a little greener are looking real strong now. I'm, I'm really impressed with everybody. It's got great body diversity. It's actually got, it's very inclusive in terms of people's backgrounds. Um, yeah, I dig it, man. So, um, of course I won't speak too much about it because I am on wow. And I don't want y'all to think that I'm biased, but all I want to say about it is there's literally nowhere else on television where you see women of so many different races, backgrounds, body shapes, LGBT allies, storylines, everything. Ages. Um, in ages, yep. We got 40-year-old moms battling it out. We have every every letter of the LGBT, except for G, I guess, technically, unless they consider themselves G, which is a, you know their opinion and, and up to them. But like we have all the letters, pretty much, of that in the show. We have storylines that aren't based on dudes mm-hmm. or being mad at your best friend for mm-hmm. something stupid. But we have stupid storylines, and we have smart storylines. And it's just, it's everything that I wanted to see, mm-hmm. everything that I wanted to see growing up. So, Sierra, have you seen WoW or do you have any thoughts on WoW? Yeah, I've actually tuned into it quite heavily. Like, even if I don't get to watch it because of work, I go and skim through it and just be like, oh, this is what happened, whatever. It's, to me, it's like everything that I wanted to see growing up. Like, I grew up during the Attitude Era, and we all know how incredibly misogynist (laughs) and so forth, all that stuff was going on. And... When you're younger, you don't really notice it, but you notice it, but you don't question it. And so, like, I've seen a lot of great women come out of that era, like Lita, Tristratus. I saw all those women. But at the same time, there was no all-women's promotion visible on television. And, you know, WoW came up around that time and was doing shows on pay-per-view exclusively. But you didn't know much about it unless you got magazines and they would talk about Jungle Girl and, you know, who she was feuding with and stuff like that. So that's kind of like how I got familiar with it. But then you didn't have much else information on it. And then over the years, you had Shimmer come up and, you know, break the ground for that to be a reality. But the thing is with Shimmer is unless you have access to their stream now that they finally got after all these freaking years in business, you know, you had to basically access them through their DVDs. And everybody knows about how the DVD situation is sometimes. So you kind of were pitching for pennies to find that. 
and you have WoW that's on television, and it's on television every week, and you have a great mixture of women you probably never ever seen in your life and don't know how the heck they got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> women you have seen before on the indies and other programs, women that have been with WoW since the very beginning and have decided, hey, why not keep continuing this? You know, like Jungle Girl. And so you have this great mixture of all of these different characters. And one thing I love about WoW is that WoW is not super cheesy and being like, oh, we have the stepdaughter that's amazing in school. The triple, you know, she gets A pluses. And it's not the stereotypical thing you see in a lot of promotions when it comes to women and how they market them and how they book them. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a different personality. And it's not these personalities that are just so cookie cutter. It's like when you see the person, you actually see that personality. Mm-hmm. It fits them. Yeah, I think um the uh a lot of, you know, wrestling personas are a little bit tropey, a little, you know, uh um stereotype based not necessarily bad stereotypes but like oh this is the strong guy and this is the whatever and you know mm-hmm. if you're a good writer you can use that to create something really strong and really interesting and has as a hook to to bring people in which is what i think wow does better with the women than any other things and i think personality is a great word to use because i don't know if wwe really lets the women have personalities very often it's like half of them get to have personalities and then kind of not like, and sometimes it's just like, here's a hairstyle for you go and be whatever, you know? And that's not great. Yeah. They really do make you have to be a certain, um, they, they choose it for you in the WWE more mm, than anything. Right. They, that's part of why they don't even look for indie re- wrestlers. They prefer to get athletes and mold them from the ground up. Um, so like, that's part of their process, but at wow, what they do is they talk with any woman who's like in, in their mindset to be in wow, whether she's coming up through the wow dojo or whether she's like an indie wrestler that they want to bring on. And they say, here is our idea. What do you think? And then that woman takes her own life, her own personality, her own experiences and together a character is created. So that's why you're actually seeing stuff like that. Like, like me being razor, for example. I really am. I really did have a pretty shitty childhood. I really am a ball of anger. Uh, you know, I really am like kind of an asshole and mean and blah, 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 blah. But I'm not really a gang leader. Right. So it's like that sort of melding. Debatable. Well, <laughs> debatable. <laughs> I mean, I got my girl gang. Go gang, gang. Um, Gang, gang. We we really do have a real psycho sisters now, but we don't do anything with no. our gang. Maybe we should. We should. We should rob some. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Any up. Yo, Jack. That f- okay, sir. What? <laughs> yeah oh that would be so fun okay anyway anyway but the point is that it's actually like they work with the women like to make sure that it's a character they're comfortable with and one that they would have fun portraying portraying and i think you can feel that that difference in the storylines in the vignettes in the promos they're like hey talk about this thing and like Kia, kira hogan is fire on the show and she did her um her first promo i think it was in season one mm-hmm. uh in season one talking about um her background and how she she was able to find the fire within her become a wrestler and that was from her heart that she said that you know and you mm-hmm. could feel it yeah mm-hmm. that's true um, so absolutely every saturday 
5 p.m. Pacific and 8 p.m. Eastern if you have access or Sling TV. Or you can also find it in other sneakier ways. I really think y'all should be watching WoW. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on it. (laughs) I agree. Um, We're going to talk about Impact next because Impact to me is the most surprising one right now. Because they're Mm -hmm. actually letting their women do cool stuff. And actually promoting them like properly in a way. Like, for example... I went like I was, you know, hunting for clips for wrestlers and stuff like that to for some of the things that I haven't seen that much lately. And I usually that's how I watch Impact stuff. I'll like go on the I'll go on and check out the clips on their site to see what's going on. And if you look at Impact's full like YouTube page and you go down every like they're like top five moments on an episode and there's a women's match or a women's something included in every single one of them, basically. And there's clips of the women's matches and things like that sprinkled in regularly like top five lists uh, historically and stuff it's regularly sprinkled in there versus ring of honor where i go to their youtube and for every like 10 to 15 clips of dudes there's maybe one of a women and most of them are like less than a minute which is i understand because they're like a you know pay-per-view service and things like that but like Come on, guys. Um, So and currently on Impact, they are having Tessa Blanchard make a run for the main belt, not the women's belt. She just had a mixed tag um, thing where she was in it, uh, tagged with, you know, uh, partnered with a guy against two other dudes. And that's really cool. Downside. The other thing that they're doing is this guy who owns the the main belt, who has a main belt right now is a fucking dick. And he uh, hit Brian Cage's wife on the head with a champagne bottle and is now (laughs) (laughs) and also like gave her a tombstone. So it's just like to torture, you know, Brian. So I'm like, okay, well, sure. They're the most purely like like 90s wrestling right now but they're doing a much better version, a job of doing it modernly, I would say. And they're creeping up on intergender wrestling. They're having like legitimately, and they're using Tessa, who's like the biggest name for them and for a lot of people to do it, which is a smart way of, of breaching it. Like there are bigger women that you could have wrestling these dudes, but Tessa has a sort of X factor that people are like, Oh, she's real tough. She can fight these dudes. You know what I mean? So I think that's really interesting. And they also let, um, their women go full spooky and gross, which WWE would never let somebody yes. be gross. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree about the spooky gross. Sierra, do you watch Impact? Do you have any thoughts on their women's division? Yeah, I've been watching Impact since, I want to say, maybe the beginning. And I've always championed them for how they always push the needle when it comes to the women. And always set a different path and you know what even when they decided to make the knockouts division i was skeptical like anybody else like okay this is going to be revolutionary for 10 minutes and then the next week i'm gonna be like what did you do (laughs) you know (laughs) but they surprised me they had signed all these women that you know a lot of us had recognized from the indies and stuff or we heard about and just the first year alone It's just, like, everything was just, like, magical. Like, you couldn't believe it. Like, you had ladder matches, cage matches. And then as years went on, you had a random situation where Ayaka Hamada (laughs) and Daffy had, like, a backstage fight. And you're just like, what is going on there? But you didn't care. You just, (laughs) like, they're fighting. And I want to know what started the fight, you know. And then you just had, like, these nuances of situations. And over the years it's progressed to what we see now where we have seen 
them tease into gender wrestling. We've seen instances of them going and having, um, I don't know if you guys remember, like maybe back in like 2002, 2003, I don't know, the years run together for me, but they had this whole storyline about Trinity threatening to jump and be in the X division match. Mm. And you had Dusty Rhodes saying like, no, you can't be in that. You're a woman. And at this time, they didn't have a knockouts division. You had, like, maybe two women in that promotion. And it was Trinity versus Desire. And then when she left, you had Mickey James coming there for a hot cup of coffee. I don't even <laughs> think the cup of coffee was hot, honestly. Because she came and she left. Mm-hmm. And you had Trinity, who had beat everyone and got involved in so many matches with men. And you've seen her as an equal to the guys in X Division because she was that incredible of a performer. And then you had that whole moment where she climbed the cage and did that humongous moonsault off the top. And, you know, then they finally said, hey, let's do something with Tessa Blanchard. And I remember thinking, like, you can't have Tessa Blanchard signed to this and not throw her at the guys when she's out here wrestling Brian Cage and other guys of that stature on the indies regularly. Like, Mm -hmm. that's got to happen. And to see them finally break that wall down and be like, okay, Tessa, you're fighting Sammy Callahan? Okay, we're going to make this a thing. And they haven't shied away from it and being like, oh, this is maybe too dangerous. Maybe we shouldn't do this because of television standards. And, of course, they were operating on Twitch and, you know, different networks that just didn't stay stable for a long time. So I think that helped them to not be scared to do it. And now see them in a position where they have the women being like, look, you want to fight me, dude? We're going to fight. <laughs> then yeah. you have the other women that are just like, oh, so you want to draw blood? Okay, we're going to draw blood, sis. Get in the ring. I'm going to cut you open. Like, right. it's full on, like, it kind of sometimes reminds me of, like, the old school Joshi. Mm-hmm. You've seen in Japan in the 90s where you just had, you know, Kira Hokuto bleeding for no freaking reason. You're just like, oh, my God, what did you do to her? You know? And then you see Impact and you're just like, oh, wow, we're kind of tipping that territory. So and it's great to have that, whereas WWE is just like, we're not going to do that ever. Right. And I would also say every time I've tuned into Impact, I don't know if they do this every show, but every time I have tuned in, there's been more than one women's match. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I want. So just <laughs> like, and, and they have real storylines. Somebody went into the the other world mm-hmm. on their show. You know, like this is the kind of content that we want. And I, I just really give them their props for for what they've been doing, uh, leading the way in the women's uh, revolution. Really. And I just think it's interesting that people don't talk about impact as much as kind of one of the leaders and sort of how they treat their women. Um, but I also think maybe there is a a thing of um, a, 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 not appearance, but a assumption like, you know, there is that period where it's like, oh, you know, we everybody had that same kind of look of people who were in the division, your, your bra and panty matches and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like think Gail Kim looks like she could do. You know, she looks like maybe she would do this certain kind of match, but then you actually watch her wrestle and you're like, oh, that was an assumption. Is that is that kind of kind, yeah? And I think that there is a period where all of the women's wrestling did that same kind of TNA type shit. And I think that you look at Impact and you think they're the same now, even though that was, you know, 10 to 15 years ago and they're not, they've gone past that. And even then, when they were doing that, they were doing more interesting stuff along with the weird, you know, the, the, 
you know, brawn panty type matches stuff that drives a lot of women away from watching wrestling. Um, yeah. and, 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 and to what Kiara said though, also rings a bell for me. Impact hasn't been in a stable place where it's so easy to watch, but I think that having people like Taya Valkyrie and Tessa Blanchard who have these huge social media followings and Jordan Grace now as well, mm-hmm. sharing clips, tweeting, promoting all the time. I think that's made them almost more accessible than they have been in a very long time for the average person. Cause now I can go on Instagram or Twitter and I can see clips from the show. And I know that these stars care about their show. Yeah. And then on top of that, they've, their women's roster, even if you go back maybe two years ago, like they've always signed a great neglected group of women that come from various backgrounds in wrestling. Like you can have like Santana Garrett that was just like super popular on the indies and known for wrestling in the Florida indies. And of course her run wasn't that great, but I mean like they've always signed people that you don't expect them to sign. Mm-hmm. Like Taya Valkyrie, like her getting signed, I was completely blown out the water. Because I got so accustomed to her being in Mexico wrestling with AAA and basically spending most of her career down there. And, you know, the whole AAA situation went its way, you know, and she decided to sign with Impact. And I was just like, wow, like her coming in, this is going to be completely different. It's going to shake the division a different way because she's a different type of performer, you know, in terms of what everybody else is capable of. She's been doing lucha <laughs> all this time which is kind of different style than most people are used to mm-hmm. and you have jordan grace coming there who is just incredibly strong you know and she's been strong since she was like a teenager wrestling and you have tessa blanchard who's just like it's like she's been doing this since birth it's wild you have all these great women so when you have that and you have all of them come from the indies and have great matches on the indies and you have these people following them because of that. You're just like, why wouldn't you want to watch them on this other show? And you have YouTube, you have other things to access it to, but it's just more so if people want to go out of their way to find it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Um, so we are running low on time, but I do quickly want to talk about, um, so Ring of Honor and uh, NWA Power um have similar issues i briefly talked about ring of honor it's kind of its lack of visibility um and also them only having one women's match per show i think also they're on that tip yes um Mm -hmm. but you know nwa power they just started up (laughs) i love that you guys are doing (laughs) uh uh we are nothing if not consistent um they had no women's match in their first app um just a lot of white dudes um it took white men as far as the eye can see let me real really dive into that real quick yes not just white men wrestlers white men announcers white we know it's two white men in the back lagana and the guy from was he from smashing pumpkins i'm so sorry that i can never remember <laughs> yes um uh, uh, we have the commentary the backstage interviewer the front of stage interviewers literally the only time you will see a black man so far on the show is when he's getting squashed in a tag match and he's unnamed local competitor. Mm. Um, and so anyway, the second episode, cool. There was a women's match. There were maybe three to four men given time to do promos that weren't even a part of their match. They could have definitely put Allison K on a promo promoting her match on that first episode, but they didn't, they made that time for all these guys. Right. So Allison K and, um, one of the C stars come out 
And it's cool. You know, we have a woman of color in the match and she's repping the LGBT flag on her knee. That's awesome. Allison K says all the right things in the post-match interview, but the rest of the content didn't support what she said because it took 30 minutes to have a woman on my screen. And then it took 35 minutes to hear a woman speak on the show. And only one woman spoke in this whole show. And it's been two episodes now. I'm not really impressed with how they're treating the women in their show. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And I got nothing to add. That's stop sucking is what I have to add. I kind of expected that with the NWA because I've always looked at the NWA as no women allowed. Um, (laughs) That's that's how I've always looked at it. You know, (laughs) it just goes back to the beginning of time. And you, if you really like get into wrestling history and you know, you're one of those people like me that reads all this old junk and you're just like, what, what the fuck was wrong with you guys back then? And you realize how Mildred Burke and all these women had to literally come and be like, Hey, we know how to do a headlock. Mm-hmm. Include us. And then you read the story about how she got shunned and basically, pushed out the NWA was recognized as a champion and mm-hmm. all this stuff with her husband and how he was basically having affairs with all these women. And no one said anything about that crap. It was just right. get Mildred out of here. And then when you go back and look at the title history and how, you know, the world women's championship came to be and how Mula held it a million times and all that stuff. And then how it got traded one time in Japan and then it wound up back over here somehow. And, and just like all of these nuances and you're just like, you know, at the very beginning, you're like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. But then when you get down towards 1999 to early 2000, you're just like, what happened here? Because you mm-hmm. have like maybe two women that held onto that belt for like over 500 days. Hmm. And you're just like, so was there not a title defense ever? Was she just at home holding this belt? Like, she was Brock Lesnaring it before Brock Lesnar was doing it. Yeah. Like she, I mean, you, you're just sitting there and you're just like, so how is that? Was she that good in the ring or something? Like you have all these questions, but what it was, cause you know, over the years, NWAs went through it's so many of its issues of having territories and then losing the territories and then having all these different NWA type of situations, pop-up promotions and that happening. And the women just got kind of plundered in all of that. And then I fought a couple years ago when they kind of, really put emphasis into wanting to have the belt defended more often. You had Santana Garrett and Barbie Hayden fighting over that belt back and forth. And I was just like, this is really good. You know, Santana took the belt with her over Japan and defended it a couple times. I was just like, this is really good. Like you're bringing it back to prominence and making people realize like, Hey, this belt still does exist. But after that, they gave it to jazz and I love jazz, but due to health reasons and whatever else is going on, she didn't defend it that much. You hardly seen her defend it. You started to see the belt not exist. For a while, it was stuck in Texas. And then it wound up with Allison K. And Allison K is so great in the rain, promo-wise, everything. You would think that they would put more emphasis on that. This is her champion. This is who she's fighting and whatever. But it just feels like they're not going to. And I'm going to be no. so disappointed about that. It it really does. I mean, watching everyone else talk and share, this is my stakes. This is why I'm here. This is why I care about the NWA, blah, blah, blah. And Allison got her one second of talk. And what she said was dope. But I really felt like what she said was just what she wants. 
and her opinion. It didn't feel like the show backed up what she said at all. And also, any show that has a women's championship belt, but the only time that you see women wrestling is when that belt, it, it, like when the champion is in the match. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you always know who's going to win. Right. Like there's no stakes there. You need to have people who are not champions having matches and becoming number one contenders and things like that. You need to have, I mean, this was a non-championship match also. Like it was just, why did it happen? Okay. Anyway, we don't have that much time, so I won't rant about it that much. I'm really hoping they get better because we know they have Thunder Rosa. They have Marty Bell. They have some more women coming up in the future episodes. Maybe, maybe it'll get better, but I'm not super hopeful based on who's on the backstage of it. Yeah. Well, that is uh, all the major shows that we talked about. Um, We said we were going to wrap back around potentially to the Lana Lashley, Rusev slash Mike and Maria Canales fuckery of WWE. But honestly, we don't have the 20 minutes that I know this is going to devolve into. The girl got a whole list about how this is racial undertones. Oh, yeah. That's a very polite way of putting it. Racial undertones. Uh, My note said these storylines are something that you find on a search on Pornhub. Yeah, blacked.com is the main... Oh, I just want to say that one little thing. One little thing. Y'all want to talk about this shit about motherfucking Googling China and getting to pornography, right? But literally every fucking comment on any post about Lana and Lashley says the words blacked.com. What about a little boy or a little girl seeing that fucking comment and go to blacked.com, huh? That's literally an easier search for them to do than finding China's porn. Thank you. I rest my case, judge. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't help with the company basically helping promote those basic stereotypes and make you think like the worst. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, this is related, but it's not the same thing. The whole shorty Gable thing of just like these really weird, like toned, like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I don't understand it. I'm so mad that they changed his name officially to shorty Gable and they did not spell it. See, thank you. I'm, since the pay-per-view, I they were like, oh, Shorty Gable. And I was like, Shorty, am I right? And I'm like, I'm not going to tag Chad Gable in this, but I want him to see it. I want him to see it that all the women and all the brown women in particular know that's supposed to be Shorty. And then get like little John to remix his song and yes. just like yell out Shorty at the beginning. Yeah. Like, why not? Why Why the fuck yes. not? Get the Ying Yang twins. They ain't doing nothing now. Eric Bischoff couldn't last four months in that office, but I'm telling you, we, the three of us, could last seven years in that office. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> it was really great to have your insights on the show. Can you tell people where they can find more of you or promote anything of yourself? Well, you guys can find me on Twitter at Sierra, C-I-A-R-A, 92189. And... If you case you don't know, I'm a podcaster and I guess I'm a journalist. That's what people call me. Yeah, I don't will. believe I am. You are. Own it. Own I, it. I will own it this one time. I'm a journalist. I cover women's wrestling and I used to cover uh, women's wrestling over at Pro Wrestling Ponderings and Squirt Circle Sirens. And I have a million articles on both sites basically with me yelling about women's wrestling, giving you all the news, the results everything i could find that i would take nearly hours to craft for you guys hit her up click on our articles listen to our podcast do the thing um before we before we leave we want to make sure we also are not remiss to pass that digital collection plate so you can uh give us five stars on itunes and leave us a fun message or you can uh, give us three bucks on uh, ko-fi.com uh slash sarah the rebel (laughs) 
Kofi, always a champion in our hearts. You fucking blood money pay-per-view fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> we're not angry. We're mad. Uh, so yeah, so do that thing because we like you guys and we hope that you like us. And um, Sarah, where can people find you? Sarah the Rebel, everywhere you want to look. And if you want to follow the WoW stuff, you can follow me at WoW Razor. Here's a new thing, guys. It's happening. I'd like it to stop happening. Stop talk calling me Razor on my Sarah the Rebel account. I have another <laughs> account for that. Call me call me Razor on those accounts. Thank you. This has been a message for management. Uh, you can find me on your Twitters and your Instagrams, barely on the Instagram because I don't post a lot of photos at Misfits Tamara. Um, also, we want to shout out allgames.com, our parent site. And uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Women Wrestling F. And feel free to promote us and hit us up with questions and um, give us money and five stars. And we like you guys. So, yay. Hey, okay, we'll see you guys next time. We're back, motherfuckers! Whoop, whoop, whoop!